This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with your host, Mark Schlereth. Thanks to our presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers Sportsbook and Dude Wipes. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Your host, Mark Schlereth, alongside my uh, co-host, Mike Evans. Uh, Millennial Ben producing the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsors, Bet Rivers. I tell you what, uh, by the way, 6-0 last week in picks against the spread. That's Bet Rivers. Download the app. Uh, you know, if I had a bet $100 in a six-game against the spread parlay, I'd have made it like $11,000 last week. I'm an idiot. Anyhow. Um, Would have paid for that Hawaii trip. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> um, I had 11 people. Are you kidding me? Maybe if I put $500 down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, anyhow, uh, betrivers.com for more information. Also, want to thank our guys over at Dude Wipes. Check them out, dudeproducts.com. Use the promo code STINK15 to get 15% off all your dude products, guys. Don't go. I don't I don't leave home without them. You know that. So uh, check dude products out. Mike, how are you, buddy? Doing great. Welcome back. Missed thank you. Thank you. Glad you are uh, refreshed and recharged after a uh, long grind of a football season, calling games and everything. But uh, this is the payoff, right? Watching uh, these, these playoff games. Although what, what's what's a fun season unto its own is this whole head coaching vacancy search right. that teams have going on. And we have one going on here in Denver with the Broncos. Uh, it's fun, especially if you have a team like the Broncos that have a cast a wide net. They have like 10 different candidates that they've interviewed. It, it is kind of fun following it, although – from a competitive balance standpoint, how, I mean, how, to me, something's got to be done. Like, I don't think you get necessarily a fair shake. Like, Who? like I think, I think not only coaches, but organizations, right? Like, so if you really want a guy, you got to wait for, and if that guy is in the playoffs, you've got to wait for that guy to be you got to wait for that guy to be done with his playoff run. And that makes it and that makes it exceptionally hard. You know because then you get antsy. Like we're here in Denver and the fan base is like already stomping their feet. The season's been over for what a week and they're stomping their feet like we got to we got to hire somebody right now. It's like and you can't like if a guy is coaching like Eric Bieniemy right now, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, Broncos are interviewing him today, or if it's Kevin O'Connell, the offense coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams, who they interviewed yesterday, or if it's Nathaniel Hackett, who they, uh, you know, last week they, they are, or the beginning of this week, they interviewed him. Like, it's really, really difficult. And think about it if you're one of those coaches that's in the playoffs, Mike. I mean, how difficult is it if you're in the playoffs and you do, like, I talked to somebody within the Rams organization. 
And they're like, dude, he, like Kevin O'Connell worked all day till 11 o'clock. Then he stayed up till 2 o'clock in the morning prepping for his interview with the Broncos. Then he came in at 5 the next morning, worked all day, and then last night had an interview with the Broncos that that went into the wee hours of the night, tw- midnight here in Denver, Colorado, before they finished up and wrapped up the interview. And he's going to be back in the facility at 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. Like, it, like it, I think it's it's a tough juggling act. So what I'm saying is... You know, I, I, you know, I hadn't thought of that, honestly, because I, I think we always talk about it from the standpoint of the difficulty for the, the team that's looking for the coach, right. the, the hoops they have to jump through. Um, but it, it's not just the stress that's placed on the candidate. In this case, let's use Kevin O'Connell as an example. Mm-hmm. But just how unfair is that to the Rams? I mean, right. you have put in all this work since August, and it's culminated with a spot here for a chance to go to the NFC Championship game. Are are you confident that you're getting the the best from Kevin O'Connell this week? I and don't. You can't no. think that you're getting the best from him. And right, because because if you're functioning on, let's say you're functioning on, on you normally and coaches like coaches grind so. Let's say normally you're functioning on five, six hours of sleep a night. Now you're spending a whole week, which is the most pivotal week of the season, because yeah. you're in the you're in the AFC or the NFC divisional round, and you're playing against Tom Brady that and, and the defending Super Bowl champions, and now you're functioning on three hours of sleep a week. I mean, it's it's the process to me is flawed. Yeah. Like the the process, the interview process shouldn't be like in fairness to the teams that that have busted their ass mm-hmm. to make the playoffs the interview process shouldn't start until after the super bowl okay but then here's what has to go with that okay you got to back everything up then you got to back up the the senior bowl you got to back up the combine you got to back up the start of free agency. You got to back up the league, the start of the league year, because what happens mm-hmm. is these teams like the Broncos or the giants or the bears or everybody who's looking for a coach, they feel the squeeze of, Hey, I, I got to get a coach in place. Right. Because guess what? We're going to be at the senior bowl at the end of the year, at the end of, uh, of January. We, 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 we got to get um, ready for free agency. We got to get ready for the draft. I need my coach and his staff on board right. to get all that work done because it's a really tight, compressed schedule between right. the end of the, 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 the Super Bowl and the start of the new league year. So I agree 100% with what you're saying, but you understand what has to be done on the back end then. Yeah, when is the senior? The senior bowl is in February, Senior right? bowl, excuse me, I meant by the end of February. Right. Okay? But, but it comes. But once the Super Bowl ends, and the Super Bowl is what, February 13th this year? Yeah, so the C and the Senior Bowl is when is this? When is this? Is it the end of February? Or is it the beginning of? And yeah, I, oh, so the Senior Bowl will be on the NFL Network February fifth. So it's actually before, before the Super Bowl. Before the Super okay. Bowl. Okay. So wow. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, it's it just, everything would have to be pushed back. I agree with that. Which is. Which is fine. It would just give the NFL more time to dominate. Sure, you know, all exactly. season long. So yeah, I, but I just think it's. I just think the process is unfair to the coaches that are trying to prepare for a playoff game. Yep. And I know it's always been that way. I, I just don't know that it's 
I just don't know that it's the right way. Mm-hmm. Like from a competition committee standpoint, like I, I'm sure it's been addressed before, but they want these guys to get their opportunities. I I get that, but I just feel like, man, what a like what a grind that is. I just know for me as a player, and and it's different, but for me as a player, man, I, when I got into the playoffs, and I was fortunate to be on some really good teams, when I got in the playoffs, man, I wanted zero distractions. I was so singularly focused on that team, that preparation, that week's work of how I was, like, honestly, Mike, I'm not going to screw it up for our chance to win. Like, it's not going to be, hey, man, if we don't win, it ain't going to be because I didn't do my job, right? Is it? I mean, there's, there's that aspect of it. So I, I just think that that's an interesting, I think it's an interesting topic that I'm surprised that it hasn't been addressed more thoroughly by the league. One thing, one more thing on this this head coaching search for these teams. Where do you come down on the idea of, hey, I got to find myself that hot, young, offensive mind who's ready to make the jump a la Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur, versus the idea of the experienced slash retread Right. Head coach like a Dan Quinn, uh, a Doug Peterson. W- where do you weigh the yeah. pros and cons when it comes to to that debate? <laughs> yeah, you know, do you have a quarterback? I think I think that's a I, I think it's a lot easier to go with a young play calling guy, or like a, a guy that maybe hasn't called plays. Like th- there's always these these like, I call it the Leonard Skinner approach, right? Give me three steps, give me three steps, Mister. Like if you're a quarterback coach, that you know you want to make a OC, and you've never actually called plays, or you're a a OC that works for like you're you're Nathaniel Hackett, right? You're the OC, or you're Kevin O'Connell. And you're the OC of the Rams, or you're the OC of the Green Bay Packers in Hackett. And you've got a head coach who is the grand poobah of all things offense. You've got Matt LaFleur. You've got Sean McVay. So you actually not only are not a head coach, but you're an OC. And and you I know you work and you help game plan, you do all that stuff, but at the end of the day, you really don't call the plays, and you really aren't the OC. Your head coach is kind of the OC. You've got the title. You're a couple steps away. Now, all of a sudden, you get into being the head coach and the play caller, and now you got to manage the organization, manage the plays, call the manage the game plan, and call the plays. Like that's that's several steps that you. I mean, that's a big. You're jumping over a really large chasm. Now, if you've got a quarterback who can flat out play it eases that pain a little bit right there's that growing process together but if you don't I mean you think Matt LaFleur is winning 13 games every year with uh with Jordan Love right I mean you you think that like Sean McVay came into a situation with the Rams where Jared Goff was a former first overall pick that they thought enough about they thought his ceiling was high enough to give him a big contract extension. And then they realized, wait, no, it's not. 
we if we're going to get to where we want, and they went to a Super Bowl with him, but if we're going to get to where we want to go, we can't hide the deficiencies anymore. We got to get to a guy that can that can overcome those deficiencies. So they go with Matthew Stafford, like, and that's I, to still do to be determined, right? Yeah. And so you know, it's it's these steps that you have to kind of keep leaping over. I I I firmly, you know, I I think like a Dan Quinn. Now Dan Quinn is, I mean, Miami's after him, Minnesota's after him, Denver's after him, Chicago's after him. Like he's had, he's Giants had too. the Giants too. He's had a bunch of different, you know, bunch of different interviews. He's a guy that is a great builder of relationships and culture, and and I love Dan Quinn. I'm a fan of Dan Quinn, the human and the football coach. And so I do believe there's value. Like, look at the Super Bowl winning coaches. They've all been guys who have been fired elsewhere. That, you know, the Bill Belichick's of the world who's won multiple Super Bowls. You look at, you know, Doug Peterson, you look at they're all grizzled. Mike Shanahan with you. Mike Shanahan with me. You look at uh, hell. Uh, look, look at uh, um, oh god, oh, why is his name escaping me all of a sudden? Um, Give me the team. Tampa Bay. Bruce Tam- Arians. Bruce Arians. You look at BA. Like like all these guys are grizzled a little bit. Yep. You know that there's there's something to being a grizzled up chicken bone. You know, you, you've learned some valuable lessons along the way. And some of those lessons are learned the hard way. And so I, I think there's I think there's a lot of value in that. Like, to me, there'd be value in saying, hey, Dan Quinn's going to be our head coach, and we're going to go out and get Matt Nagy. Or we're going to go out and get and take the head coaching responsibilities off your shoulders for a year or two, Matt, mm-hmm. and, and let you get back to doing what you do, calling plays. Remember, in 2018 – they won 12 games with Mitchell Trubisky, and I think Mitchell Trubisky was a rookie, if I'm not mistaken. First or second year. First or second year, and oh, by the way, he was the he was he was the coach of the year. Yeah, maybe it was his second year. Whatever it was, it doesn't really matter. Um, but it was the coach of the year. It's not like all of a sudden Matt Nagy forgot how to coach football, right? Or call plays, right? I mean, and I think Chicago, I think he was saddled with a really piss poor offensive roster. So and a young quarterback who clearly isn't ready. Yeah. And and clearly shouldn't have been taken clearly shouldn't have been taken um where he was where he was taken. I mean, there's no question when when San Francisco traded with Chicago and they moved up, you know, they moved up to the uh what, to the second round or to the second overall pick. Twenty seventeen. He was drafted in twenty seventeen, so he was a second year quarterback when they won twelve games. But yeah, San Francisco traded one pick, and Chicago moved up one pick and took Mitch Trubisky. Actually, I was thinking about Justin Fields, but you're right. That's a couple of examples where they, you know, traded way up. Yeah, and, and overdrafted a quarterback who one clearly showed he wasn't ready, and and another that they just drafted that at least right now looks like he's a little bit uh, overwhelmed. Well, we will keep an eye on all the, the coaching vacancies and how they get filled. All right, for all those teams uh, out there as they as they do select new head coaches, but for the teams that are solid and are in the playoffs and are playing this weekend, to me, this is the best round of football, oh, playoff yeah. football right here. Divisional round is the, is the best round, even better than the championship games, even better than the Super Bowl. Here you go. And let, let's just run right through it. Uh, starting on Saturday, you got the Bengals and the Titans 
Congratulations to long-suffering Bengal fans. They they broke through. They got that playoff win. What yeah. a great atmosphere yep, last they've week. They let me know about it. Yeah, and they let you know about yeah. it. You yep. you have an ongoing uh, war with uh, with Bengal fans, uh, which is fun to follow, by the way, on Twitter. I highly recommend people follow Mark on Twitter just to watch his back and forth with Bengal fans and Giant fans and Jet fans. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of fans out there that yeah. you, you go back fan and forth bases, with. Fan bases. Fan bases that get mad at me for telling the truth. Yes. So. Well, yes. Um, against Tennessee, a, a Titans team, Mark, that, that many people feel might be the worst top seed in a long, long time. Do you share that view? I don't I don't share that view. I know where that view comes from. I know where that all you fantasy football managers out there is where it comes from. Like like there's a lot of fantasy football people that think that that fantasy football in real it, the, the same people that tout stupid ass statistics like air yards. Those are the people that are that that will tell you that Tennessee's the worst, you know, number 1 seed overall in the history of football. I know what wins in the playoffs. Dominating line of scrimmage, being tough-minded and physically tough—that's what wins play. It wins playoff games. And let me tell you one thing about Mike Vrabel's Tennessee Titans: they may not look pretty, but they're going to punch you in the mouth. Can you hold up? Can you can you play that style of football? Because they're going to play bully ball, and they're getting their number one bully back. He is the king of the hill at the playground. Ain't no question. When you play, when you play King of the Hill, you ever play King of the Hill on the oh, Snow yeah. Hill? And Loved it. Yeah, he is the guy that's standing on top, knocking you know fools off the 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 top of the little snow mound. He's just tossing kids, and he does it to NFL players, which is ridiculous. They get Derrick Henry back physically, like they will take they will take that that kind of mentality of grind it out slow it down, like take the – the Bengals want to be in a shootout. They really do. They they want – and they – this is the ultimate compliment to the Cincinnati Bengals. They won a shootout at home with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's all you need to know. Guess what they're not getting into this weekend? They ain't getting into a shootout with the Tennessee Titans. They're not going to allow it. Hey, real quick, tell, tell, tell the exchange you had with the coach about – Derrick Henry and the perceived toughness of the Titans. Yeah, I, I thought well, this was re- I, I talk about a, talk about feeding off a guy. Right, one of the most prominent coaches in the NFL was like, listen, Mike Vrabel, and you know, and, and, and sometimes coaches get a little loose when they're talking to you because they know it's quote unquote off the record. Wow, they think they're t- they think they're bullies. They think they're the toughest team. They think this. They think that. It ain't tough. They ain't bullies. Now the running backs bully. <laughs> and running backs bully. And he's when that running back is in there, they are bullies because he makes them a bully. They feed off of his ability to run people over. And let me tell you, they got a couple bullies up front on their offensive line too. Roger Saffold's one of the most remarkable players I watch. So I I I just I think I think there are I think there are teams that just are built that way. Mike Vrabel's built himself a playoff kind of caliber football team in my mind. I I like the Tennessee Titans in this one to slow it down, um, to frustrate the the Bengals offense a little bit. Uh, I think the Titans win this one. Um, I'll I'll take the Titans. I'll give the three and a half. Okay, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one as, as well. Plus, there's a big, if you look at the, the Bengals splits, home road splits, uh-huh. with a lot of their key guys, it, it's pretty noticeable. Um, they're, they're a different team at home Yeah, versus on the road. So, all right, I'll, we'll, we'll agree there. Then you've got, um, what, what a game, Bills, or excuse me, no, the, then it's uh, 49ers and, and Green Bay. Yeah. Uh, Matt LaFleur against Kyle Shanahan. And I, I've done this a few times on this this podcast. I give you credit. Weeks ago, a couple months ago, you said, don't let the 49ers get hot. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, this was at, at the point where, what were they at, at that point? Were they like, they were below 500. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you said, don't let this I, team I figure it you, out. I told you they were going to win. I think I said, I think it was with eight weeks left to play. They were gonna win seven of the last eight games. Um, they were gonna something like that to get in. They're gonna go on a run, and I think they won six of the last eight. I think they, I think they dropped. Did they drop two, or did they win seven of the last eight? It was it, one of the games. They lost to Seattle, which was the surprising one to me. But anyhow, they they went on a run. They got themselves in the playoffs. Um, I think this is I think this is a really interesting game simply because San Francisco is is similar to Baltimore with the way they tie you up. And and what I mean by that is they run the ball. They they've got such efficiency in their run game and they make you play a scheme and in playing that scheme, they use personnel groupings. They use motions. They use formational changes. They, they, use, they use a bunch of different tools in their tool belt to make one play that you have to defend look like 12 plays. And it'll be, it'll be a fullback's responsibility. Entry, I call them entry points. Fullback enters, you know, D-gap. He's, he's coupled with a tight end, and they're blocking D-gap, you know, D-end to next-level safety. Then all of a sudden they run it weak, and he's in combination with the weak side offensive tackle. Then all of a sudden he's lined up weak, and he cuts off on the backside, so a split flow. It's the same play for nine guys or ten guys. For him, though, He's cutting off the backside, so everybody's still doing the same thing, but now it's more of a split flow. Now all of a sudden he he motions into strong, and he works in combination with the offensive tackle, but instead of being on the outside, he's working inside combo. So or or all of a sudden he's he's cutting across like split flow, but he's he's his responsibility. They they keep the backside offensive tackle on the tie, or on the defensive end, and he slides through the formation behind the guard cutting off, and now he's got the weak side linebacker. So I just described to you one play, and just the entry point of the fullback gives you six different looks. Like it, to the defense, it's six different freaking plays. I get all that, and you laid it out wonderfully, and you don't have to sell me on that part of the 49ers. Yeah. But again, I'm going to throw something back at you, and I'm giving you credit for it. I'm watching that game last week against Dallas, Uh and they're in control. And I was watching with my son. I said, 
I said, the only thing that will screw this up is if Jimmy Garoppolo throws the ball to the other team. Yeah, and he did. Something you've talked <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah. That, you know, for everything that Jimmy G does, he will throw a couple balls to the other team. It's just a matter of whether or not they catch it. Yeah. And as much control as San Francisco had in that game, they nearly lost control of that game because of one ill-advised Jimmy Garoppolo throw. And that's why ultimately you're, you're telling me Jimmy Garoppolo versus Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau on Saturday night. Yeah. That's why I got to go with the Packers. Yeah, I I'm with you on that. I like I love here's here's the thing. Green or San Francisco will especially their opening first 20 plays mm-hmm. or whatever. They'll game plan the crap out of you and they'll expose you and they'll get a couple of explosives and they may get up by 10 early. And they'll take you out of your game plan because you feel like you start counting possessions, like oh shoot, we only got a couple possessions. You know, like we're we're gonna get four possessions total in the first half. We gotta like we gotta score every time. So they'll take you out of your game plan to a degree. I'm with you. I think Aaron Rodgers is playing at such an efficient level right now. I think they win, but I think this is I think this is a field goal at the end yeah. of regulation with that, Green Bay having to rally late maybe to pull right. it out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I feel. The spread is five. I'll I'll take San Francisco and the points. I think that I think Green Bay will win it, but five and a half points is a little bit. I think it's a field goal game. I'm taking San Fran and the points. I, I'll I'll take Green Bay because ultimately Green Bay's had two weeks to prepare. I think they've they've known they were going to get San Francisco. All right, and um, so I'll take Green Bay minus the points on Sunday. A uh, couple of a couple of rematch games mm-hmm. earlier in the year. The Rams at home hammered Tom Brady yeah. and Tampa. This time, the rematch in Tampa. How do you see it? I I just look at I look at Tampa's defense being healthy and active, and they were dominant, especially early in the game last week. Dominant when they have both Levante David linebacker and Devin White linebacker, they are tough to contend with. One thing that Todd Bowles does as well as any defensive coordinator in football. He brings pressure early. And what he does from a pressure standpoint is he gets you behind the chains early and gets you in third down and long situations. Then he messes with you. Am I bringing pressure? Am I playing coverage? What am I going to do? He'll fake pressure, make you throw it underneath, rally up, make a tackle, get off the football field. So he'll still, at home, he's going to steal at least two possessions, maybe three, for Tom Brady in that offense. And I think that's the difference. I think that's too. I think that's. I, I think that's too much to overcome for the Rams. So I know they they're beat up on the offensive side with Tristan Wirfs down. They've had some injuries. You know, blah blah blah. Jensen's banged up. The center. Jensen's banged up, but Jensen will play because Jensen oh, he'll play, is a but throwback. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think Tampa Bay wins this game. Okay. Covers the two and a half. Yes. Okay. And then finally, you got the Bills and the. Chiefs, again, a rematch earlier in the year. The mm. Bills hammered Kansas City at Kansas City. Yeah. But that was that dropped Kansas City to two and three at a mm. time where we were all kind of wondering, you know, is it time to write off Kansas City? And they, they yeah. proved that we, we shouldn't. So again, rematch game. You right. like you like the the the, the Chiefs in yeah, this one? I, I mean they didn't have Chris Jones at the time. They didn't have Melvin Ingram was a trade. They didn't have like uh, I think uh uh, Frank Clark was coming off an injury. I think like they didn't have a lot of their defensive 
stuff. And, and offensively, remember they were putting the ball on the ground, constantly fumbling. Patrick Mahomes was like, what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? He's throwing a bunch of interceptions. This is a different Kansas City team they're facing. And one thing about Kansas City, you know how I told, told you, talked about the possessions for San Francisco and how they make you feel like, oh, shoot. And Kansas City is the one team that if they're down by 10, it they don't care. They're down by 14. They're not going to change what they do because Andy Reid doesn't want to run the ball anyhow. Like, he wants to set up his fancy trick plays and all the stuff that he does. He sets up. He runs it just enough to keep all his play-action stuff open. That's all he cares about. And so I ultimately think this is a different Kansas City defense that they're facing, and I know the Bills are hotter than Wolf Piss right now. I mean, they are are playing great football, and it it all goes back to the catalytic event when they got just destroyed. And you talked about this earlier with me. They got destroyed with three passes in that game, that weather game in Buffalo by New England. And Sean McDermott got up there and goes, Bill Belichick ain't no genius. This is when Bill Belichick, blah, blah. It was, and I think his team got energized by that. Like, our coach believes in us. I think they're playing great football right now. They're a great story. Um, but I'm not going to bet against Kansas City in Kansas City. I'll take Kansas City. I'll give the one and a half. I'm going to take the Bills. I just think they got – they're rolling. They're mm-hmm. hot. And they got a little bit of extra mojo with them too. Yeah, I, so I'll take based the on your on your regular season picks, yes. I feel really good. You about You should feel this. really good, right? Although I would have gone five and one last week. You would have gone six and zero. Oh, I would have yeah. gone five one. I did like right. the, the Raiders were the only team I liked. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Right, we'll see how it works. All right. Hey, listen for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth podcast. We appreciate you for listening. Thank you so much. Um, Want to thank our presenting sponsors, great folks over at Bet Rivers. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers. Download the app. Also, uh, check them out at betrivers.com. My guys at uh, Dude Wipes, uh, Dude Products. All you got to go to dudeproducts.com. Um, use the promo code STINK15 to get 15% off of everything. And hey, load up for your Super Bowl party with Stinking Good Green Chili. Available here locally in Denver, Colorado at the King Super's freezer sections or the Costco's of your deli or the deli of your Costco's. I said that backwards, but you get what I'm saying. And then uh, ultimately you can go to stinking good with one G stinkinggood.com and order there as well. All right, Mike, uh, for Mike, I'm Mark for millennial Ben. We thank you so much for listening and uh, take care.